What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey folks, this is Ramble Rouse and Rich Bergeron. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Renee Attorney Pennycott. Psychic Tom Vandal, his crystal ball ready to go. All right, well, we got a big one this weekend, Tom. So, I hope your crystal ball's ready. <coughs> yeah, we got uh, we got big MMA, big heavyweight boxing. Uh, we got the works. Uh, last week I could have used the crystal ball. <laughs> I stayed away from the main event, which was a big mistake. And you know, I probably would have picked Cruz anyway. He was winning. Um, but, oh boy, the kick heard around the world stopped that little fiasco. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh. Uh, I was thinking about it today, and I was, uh, I, I came to the conclusion that they need to have a loser leaves town fight between Dominic Cruz and Frankie Edgar. They have surprisingly never fought him. I don't know if they're friends or what, but... <laughs> It was a nice try by Dominic. He had his style working correctly, but I mean, he just has no power. None whatsoever. Uh, I don't understand it. Like, you know, I guess probably because of all the footwork, you know, you're moving around too much to ever get your feet set properly to land a punch that's gonna cause a knockout, but I mean, I saw one of the funniest memes must have been from a superhero movie because it was like the guy getting thrown like a good distance and rolling on the ground and it was like they said this is every time Dominic Cruz got hit by Marlon Vera because <laughs> I mean he was so good at dodging punches but the ones he took all rattled him seemed uh, like caught him off guard and almost put him down a couple times and then boom fourth round the head kick from hell and it broke Dominic's nose immediately uh, you can see that in the footage I don't know if you saw that replay enough times to see that Tom but I noticed it immediately first replay oh he broke his nose <laughs> and then they showed him in the, the post fight you know lineup so you, you could see it was broken bad <laughs> just one well placed kick and Kind of reminded me of uh, a hockey situation, believe it or not. Uh, an elbow thrown by one uh, Leo McSorley was the name of. Almost got him charged with a felony because it happened in uh, what, Canada or something. The Canadians game, I believe. And years ago. And I watched that clip a hundred times because it was like, you know, with hockey, you can have a guy elbow somebody and you know it's not a matter of maliciously going after him trying to cut him open or whatever trying to break his head off the ice it's just defense you know you just put your arm up and it's just like reflex so this was a little bit more than that he did it intentionally but the guy skated into it at the same time like he was going full force and, and he just turned just in time to see it coming and sorely put the elbow out and boom he was just like 
leveled in a vicious way. And, you know, it's like one of those hits in the NFL where you get a flag thrown immediately, and it's just because of the force of the hit, not because it was wrong. It's just because it looked bad. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. He was a bad he fighter. Was a, he was a cheap <laughs> So anyway, yeah, this is what it was like because Dominic Cruz, his defensive style is to move his body and head down and to the right. To his right. So when he did that and Vera came up with a kick at the same time, it was just like walking into a metal pole without seeing it. <laughs> so yeah, there was no hope of him coming back from that. Um, he took a couple extra punches too on top of that. But wow, it was so vicious. And then uh, since I didn't pick Marlon Vera, he, he scored a lot of points going into the fourth round and you know getting that TKO but um, that was one you had to have. There weren't a lot of TKOs in this one coming off one that had a shitload of them. Uh, but the co-main event was pretty fabulous. Uh, I had Onama on a couple of my cards. Did not think to pick Nate at all and he provided the shocking upset and uh, absolute comeback craziness <laughs> of the night. Uh, I did not like the fact that he was standing up and waiting for Onama a couple times and playing to the crowd like it was a fake WWE fight. Other than that, everything Landwehr did was just classic, tough MMA uh, goodness. Like, But that to me, well, you got to admit, mistake. Vince, though, that it did work to, to put his name on the map. Well, it I probably mean, helped uh, him get the know, 50 grand because he kept the fight going. Right, right. But he could have got uh, a TKO and still got the fight There's going to be a lot of people watching him in his next fight. You know, it was kind of funny when he turned his back on Onama, and that could have been a, a stooge moment. Yeah. <laughs> Onama got up and, you know, protect yourself at all times. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally, I mean, you know, there's points to the fight where the referee will step in and let a guy get up. And it wasn't even one of those situations. He he literally backed off, starts raising up his hands to the crowd. I mean, it's just very... Yeah, they like, liked it. The they announcers it. liked it. They thought it was cool, you know, but I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like, finish the guy. I like the ultimate fight. It's not the ultimate fighter. The um, well, street fighter. Finish yeah, him. And I can say, <laughs> I, 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 I think he was, he, he performed a masterpiece because the crowd loved it. I mean, yeah. they, they just set the place on fire. And you know, Dana loved it. I mean, we like fights like that. And then they yeah, made the I decision, he, and, and one it. stupid judge gave it to more. Onama. Or, get, no, said it was a draw. Well, that, that's, that's not worthy of a comment. But I, yeah. I think that, you know, I think his future is kind of limited here because he's 34 and he's still kind of a wild man. He had a lot of technical weaknesses, but I know next time he's he exhausted too. I'm watching for sure. I mean, yeah, he, he got he got his no, gas tank no. drained. He definitely uh, <laughs> could not afford the refill. <laughs>
Yeah, we have. You know, what was you saying before the fight? I, I, I do not negotiate with, with pain and fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <that was> great. <laughs> he's good, though. Yeah, he's a character. And, uh, yeah, he definitely, um, he definitely showed that he has just a wide-ranging game, you know. Like, he has all the skills that are there, and, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of these fights lately are turning into a conditioning contest. You know, if it gets to the third round, especially, you know, it just happens more and more. And that's what this one was. I mean, Onama was literally exhausted. The only reason he lasted, and you know, our, our former guest—he uh, he trains with—he trains with James Krause, our former guest. Yeah, he was well trained, but Krause was really giving him uh, a dressing down between rounds. <laughs> want to keep going? He did it. Want to yeah. fight? Boy, Krause was kind of upset with it. Do you want me to stop it? Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't his night. I mean, he started off halfway decent, but then Landwehr just started figuring shit out and. Yeah, he's got a pretty decent chin, too. So. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Onama seemed like he was a little drunk coming out from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. I think he really, I, I think, and he was a three-to-one favorite. I just think he, he may have overlooked him, even though I don't think James Krause would have advised him to do that. But, yeah, yeah he'll be back. We'll see how he goes next time. And then uh, Yasmin Jaragui and uh, Yasmin Lucindo fought to unanimous decision win for uh, Yasmin Garagway and uh, that was that was a pretty intense little fight there from some new young female fighters and one of the good picks I had on both fight cards I picked this week even though I didn't get any winning money uh, was Azamat Mirzakhanov he got his TKO in the third round took him a little while over Devin Clark I knew light heavyweight, it was probably going to be one of the knockouts, and it was. One minute and 18 seconds into the third. And I also, I had this one, uh, the last card it was supposed to be on, but they moved it to this one. And I picked correctly, because I had Cashewara that time, and I picked her again this time. And she got the TKO one minute and five seconds in. So good job there. Uh, and then... Another Upset King special from Gerald Mearshart. Um, and it did not go how I thought it was going to go against Bruno Silva because Silva came in as a striker and Mearshart said, well, fuck you, I can strike too. <laughs> At middleweight. And wow, turned the tide on Silva. Had him taking steps back. And uh, it did end up being a, a submission finish for Mearshart, which he's famous for. But it took a long time because he literally uh, kind of, instead of rope doping him with the ropes, he rope doped him with the style. Uh, he made him, got him all confused and thinking he had to do an entirely different thing with his striking because Mearshart kept beating him to the punch and you know working combinations and moving around correctly to avoid everything Silva was throwing that was dangerous it was just perfect <coughs> and uh, you know I had to pick Mearshart on at least one card so <coughs> I picked him on one and Silva on the other and uh, worked out on one card obviously alright but you know, I had a couple losers on the other card um I had the draw too. Damon Blackshear in the first fight of the night. I picked him. 
and he fought to a draw over Yusuf Zalal, so that didn't help me. It was really low scoring, too. Uh, Josh Quinlan, I did pick correctly, 180-pound uh, catchweight. He got a first-round knockout over Jason Witt. Uh, but Odie Osborne and David Onama, those were my big losers. Uh, and Bruno Silva on the one card. Uh, Odie got knocked out, just one second left. In the no. One, two minutes. Two minutes and one second left. In the first round by Tyson Nam. Another situation where I should have gone with the name. The tough guy name, Tyson. Yeah. So sometimes you just got to go with things like that. This guy's got a cool name. Battle was the last one. Should have gone with him. He got an early finish. And he was pretty cheap, I believe. Odie was a favorite, I believe, going into that one. But Tyson knocked him out. He had way more experience. I should have known it. But, you know, I thought flyweight, probably not to be a knockout. But Odie was cheap enough. Seemed like he was going to win. Nope. And then the one I didn't pick, didn't fight, I stayed away from. Another fight, that light, lighter guys, lightweights. Gabriel Benitez in the fourth fight of the night. That was a knockout you had to have. Uh, beat Charlie Ontiveros by TKO. Three minutes and 35 seconds into the fight. And one fight I did pick correctly it was a decision, though. Not the best way to score points in the fan duel. Nina Nunez uh, at flyweight beating Cynthia Calvillo uh, by split decision. Nina was a heavy underdog. And she retired after the fight. She has some kids. So she uh, put the gloves down and... Uh, did her final interview there as a pro. That was that. And uh, another fight I picked correctly that was not a knockout, a heavyweight fight, Martin Boudet. I had him on both cards, but uh, one of them I put him in, in the MVP slot, and it was only decisions, so that really didn't get me enough points. But uh, he beat Lucas Brzezeski by split decision. And then Angela Hill over Lupita Godinez by unanimous decision. That was a big surprise, because... Gondes was beating her pretty bad in the first round, and then Hill just came storming back in the second and third and figured out all her mistakes and just looked really good. So it was a good event. Very, very decent free fight for sure. Uh, not going to be so free this weekend. Uh, yeah, we've got quite the lineup for UFC 278. We also got uh, Professional Fighters League fights to talk about from last week. Uh, Kamaru Usman against Leon Edwards in the main event this Saturday. It's going to be from Utah, actually. Uh, Kamaru Usman is 20-1. and one. Fighting Edwards is 19-3. and three. And uh, Uzran is just so dominant. Edwards is uh, kind of a safe fighter. He's a safe, you know, mover, and, uh, tactical fighter. Whereas Uzman is a little bit more aggressive, but he can also, you know, play good defense when he needs to. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, both have a little bit of history. Well, I, I just have the feeling that. It's it's one of those old cliches. Everything Edwards does, Usman can do better. Yeah. And I. I and the not, five I'm round not experience. Deserve it. The five round experience but, that Usman has is going to really kick in. And, 
Yeah. I just don't see it for Edwards. And uh, I, I keep I, it I close just, for, I, I for the first three, maybe. But I think fourth round, Uzman starts to close the show. And if it's not, if it's not over by the end of the fifth, it's going to be a heavy decision for Uzman. Edwards might make a game of it its first couple rounds, but I mean, I just don't think he has the power to put put Uzman on the map. <coughs> Could be wrong, you know. Could be working his submissions and catch a rear naked choke by accident. You never know. Um, no, never by accident. It's all about the training. <coughs> but um, yeah, we're gonna see how that goes. And then uh, the co-main event is Luke Rockhold back after a long absence, 16 and five, fighting Paulo Costa, who's 13 and two at middleweight. And then, uh, boy, this one's going to be a barn burner. Bantamweights, Jose Aldo versus Mareb Devalishvili. Aldo 31 and 7 at Bantamweight. Devalishvili is 14 and 4. And then we got Bantamweights, Yanan Wu, 13 and 5. And Lucy Pudilova, who is 13 and 7. And we got Tyson, another Tyson. Tyson Pedro. 8 and 3 at light heavyweight fighting Harry Hunsucker 7 and 5 and uh, he's a big dude uh, Marcin Tibura 22 and 7 at heavyweight fighting Alexander Romanov who is 16 and 0 those are tough guys and, uh, that one's probably going to be a knockout whoever wins that one Leonardo Santos 18 5 and 1 at lightweight fighting Jared Gordon who's 18 and 5 as well with no one draw. Uh, so that's obviously a great on paper matchup. I don't know about the quality of their opposition. 6 5 and 8, Sean Woodson at Featherweight, 9 and 1, fighting Luis Saldana, who's 16 and 7. Then we got Miranda Maverick, 10 and 4, at Flyweight, fighting Shana Young, who's 8 and 4. I wonder if Miranda was sponsored by Top Gun when it came. <laughs> uh, AJ Fletcher, 9 and 1 at welterweight, fighting Ang Lusa, 8 and 3. The fourth fight of the night, third fight, Amir Albazi, 14 and 1, fighting Francisco Figueredo, who is 13, 4 and 1. And 22, 9, 22 and 9, Quilang Aori at Bantamweight, fighting Jay Parent, who's just 10 and 5. Quite the experience uh, difference there. Alright, so first fight of the night, Daniel Lacerda, <coughs> 11 and 3, fighting Victor Altamirano at Flyweight, who's 10 and 2. And we got PFL 9 2022 playoffs coming up this weekend, but we got to talk about. The fight that retired Rory McDonald. Uh, he walked away from the sport after his loss last week to a uh, fighter not a lot of people have heard of. He's just 10 and 2. But uh, he got TKO'd in the first round, 3 minutes and 59 seconds in, and that was enough for uh, Rory to walk away from the sport. Getting close to the title in the UFC, 
Got the title briefly in Bellator. Um, <coughs> he had, had a he started pretty early with the UFC too, and uh, obviously had some wars over the course of his career. But Delano Taylor will be his last opponent unless he comes back from retirement at some point. And he is out of the tournament anyway, so season's over. But uh, <clears throat> we also had some big heavyweights fighting in the supporting bouts. Ante Delijah beating Renan Ferreira by TKO in the first heavyweight fight. Uh, it was four minutes and 31 seconds in. And then Mateus Scheffel over Juan Adams by TKO in the third round. Three minutes and 45 seconds into the third. Welterweight Sabadu Sai moves on against Carlos Leal Miranda. Got a unanimous decision win there. Nathan Kelly over Ben Ellis by rear naked choke. Two minutes and 45 seconds into that fight. Lee Chadwick at light heavyweight over Primislaw Misiala. Probably butchering that one. Decision unanimous. Uh, Will Flory over Anthony Salomon. That was also a unanimous decision at light heavyweight. Lightweight Radu Maxim beating Vodsto Barboric by TKO from a knee injury. One minute and 15 seconds into their fight. Yeah, this must have been the, uh, the unlucky part of the card because we had uh, an accidental eye poke right before the knee injury fight. Mokhtar Benkasi. Francesco Nuzzi came a no contest at Bantamweight. Lightweights in the fourth fight of the night. Josh O'Connor over Emron Sakizada. By rear naked choke. Two minutes and 56 seconds into the third. And then we had another rear naked choke. Back to back chokes. So the same variety. Uh, Marcin Wolczyk at light heavyweight over Mick Stanton. And that one was in the first round. Four minutes and four seconds into the fight. Chris Mixon before that at welterweight, beating Christian Stigenberg by split decision. And then a unanimous decision win to start off the night. Simone Bajor over Ronnie Marks. We got another week of playoffs this weekend. I believe they started to do theirs on Saturday now. Last week was crazy because they, they started to do these... Uh, PFL fights the same day as the UFC and they're both on ESPN so from like 2 o'clock until like 11 o'clock at night we've got fights uh, so I mean I had to work Saturday, yeah. unfortunately but uh, exactly there's even a card in uh, glory kickboxing a very big card so we've got lots of uh, stuff to choose from Saturday oh and uh, bare knuckle too Bare knuckle. Um, Michael Venom Page is fighting uh, Mike Perry from UFC. So uh, that's going to be crazy. Michael Venom Page as a bare knuckle fighter is scary just uh, by itself. Whoever he fights, but Mike Perry, I don't think he's going to stand half a chance. <laughs> he's going to fight in the exact style that Michael wants. Uh, 
you know, a couple years ago when they first started, you know, using all these apps, I think the first one, first one I signed up for was pre-pandemic, it was 2019, I think. And I remember, like, I didn't understand it at first, because I'm not the most technologically, you know, sound guy. I mean, I'm decent, but not great. And I'm sitting there saying, like, apps, and I'm thinking, apps are for your phone. I'm like, listen, I want to watch a fight. I want to watch playing on my big ass TV with my friends there having popcorn drinking beers you know having wings I don't want to be watching a fight on my phone and someone's like no 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 but you got to get a Roku or you got to get a fire stick I don't know what they are then well, I went to the Walmart one day and I looked at the kid and I, I, I've met him a few times um, I said look listen don't you know I, I, I made a joke of it I said I know you can probably screw me over right now uh, and, and wait up sell me because I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about, but I just need a simple thing that I can download some apps to watch some fight. And the kid was really cool about it. He goes, okay, and he's explaining to me, and I said, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. You're, you're talking to a moron here. <laughs> and he laughed, and I said, oh, here's what, here's what I'm going to do. And he explained how to use it, and I went back that night, and I hooked it up, and I got to watch the fight, you know, and I was happy about that. Um, so now, I remember last year, um, you know, pandemic was starting to wind down, they were starting to have life fights again where they were having crowds uh, limited at the time but they were starting to get live attendance which was great and I know the one day I was um, quarantined with COVID and I was like well I can't go nowhere but thank God they had a uh, fight on like ESPN Plus they had the whole undercard and then they had another something that went on like ESPN and then they had a Showtime card so I literally got to watch fights from 2 p.m. in the afternoon till about midnight. I was great. <laughs> I couldn't go nowhere. I was like, well, thank God for these apps. Because <laughs> the great thing about you know, some of these apps is like, okay, say you're going to have a card, uh, for argument's sake, say it's going to be on ESPN Plus, ESPN Night. So at 9 o'clock, you're going to get a two-fight main event card, and it can be whoever and whoever and whatever. But a lot of times these apps will show you the whole undercard. So the card on TV on ESPN on a network cable may start at nine o'clock, but you can log to go on and watch all the undercard fights at six o'clock. And I know the one time uh, last year was great because um, Sonny Kato out of Tokyo was fighting the ESPN Plus non-network. Um, undercard. So, if I didn't have that app, I couldn't watch one fight. Um, so, this is great. If, like, if you're a fight fan and you're like, hey man, there's an ESPN card tonight, but let me check and see what ESPN Plus is running. And instead of logging on at 9 or 10, you might be able to log on at 5 or 6. Yeah. Um, and now you get a lot of these apps, like DAZN, um, will have show a lot of cards from overseas. Um, you know, you have them from England and um, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen some. Um, um, well, obviously not recently, but over Russia and Ukraine and all that, they'd have fights over there. You would get to see a lot. Of, they'd have fights maybe um, streaming from Germany. Um, you know, they had a Ukrainian fighter like I know back in the day was the Klitschko's were doing that. These, obviously, they were before that the app craze. Um, but this is great. For a fight band, this is great. And I'm looking forward to the zone this weekend. 
Yeah, you got a triple threat because you've we're got... Going, weren't you going to Saudi Arabia for this one? Oh, no. I, <laughs> my private jet is in the shop. <laughs> so oh, I'm sorry. I can't get to Jeddah for that one. I'd need a Jedi Knight to get to Jeddah. <laughs> no, but we've got... Uh, we've got the zone. We've got ESPN Plus, and we've got Showtime cards this weekend that all have world title fights involved in the main event. Um, but the big one is the Zone. They've got the, the blockbuster heavyweight fight here. The rematch between Alexander Yusik, 19-0, and, and Anthony Joshua, 24-2. and And I looked at both guys' records before the broadcast, and I noticed something about Usyk that I don't think is true about a lot of fighters you see these days. What Can you guess? Can, Tom, can you see in your crystal ball what I figured out? Or Tony, can you guess what I figured out about Usyk that not a lot of fighters have done in their careers? From day one, I'll say. Well, let me think on that. Um... I'm going to say, and another one that's done it, I know, has been Michael Moore. Um, when Arisa came up from Cruiserweight, I'm sorry, I was going to say light heavyweight. I was going to say, uh, but I think a two-division Cruiserweight and heavyweight champion at Southpaw. Well, he's also that, I guess, but uh, that's not what I was focused on. Tom, you get a guess? Wow. I mean, no, this is... Uh from day one, that's your clue. From day one, he's done this. You look at his record. Oh, man. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Not a lot of fighters do this, because mm. they get... What is the word I'm looking for? Groomed? No. They get pampered a little bit in their earlier days. Wow. Okay, cut. The, the, the crowd is in suspense. <laughs> so Usyk has never, <laughs> in his entire pro career, all 19 fights, has never fought anyone with a losing record. You do not see that one. No shit. Wow. Wow. Not once. Yeah, and that's that's almost unheard of. And he's given that's, a bunch yeah, of fighters their first loss. Wow. Um, Anthony was the second one because of uh, Louise. But, uh, yeah. I believe Usyk has what it takes here. Joshua has to knock him out. He has to just overwhelm him and first six rounds get that knockout. Otherwise, Usyk is just going to buckle down and take control. That's my outlook. I'm sticking to it. You know what, um... <laughs> I know it must be a British thing. It must be a British saying because I saw a headline the other day um, where Joshua said he's going to smash him to bits, and I know Fury says that all the time. I'm going to smash him to bits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, Good luck. But looking back at this, um, when they had their, their first fight, I didn't get to see it live because I was down the shore that weekend um, for an event. Um, my dad was texting me up, and he was like, oh, my God, he goes, he goes this is the best of the round. He's like, he starts to win the last and He goes, he went the bell, and Usyk was getting stronger. Um, I think Usyk is the 
mentally stronger fighter, and I think that's going to be the difference here. Um, one of the things that when Usyk was fighting in cruiserweight, now he's considered a small heavyweight, but he's a small, very physical heavyweight. He, he's a guy that may weigh like 210 pounds. Uh, I forget what weight for the first fight. It might have been um, 215, where I think Joshua was like 240. Um, but he's a guy like he may weigh 215, but in the ring he feels like he's 240 or 250 because he's so physical and he's so strong. And I know it was a, that term, someone always say, and I remember from one of the early Rocky movies, I think it was Rocky Three, when he's fighting the rematch with Mr. T and, and he comes back to the corner for the first round, which uh, Rocky had dominated the first round, but he goes, man, man, he's strong. And I remember Duke saying it when they were watching the clip, man, he's strong. I never understood what that meant till I got in there with somebody that I felt was, I mean, like, this guy made weight 160 pounds, but he felt like he was two pounds. And it was like, you backed up when they came forward. They'd throw a jab, you'd block it, and it, it backed you up. It was thumping, it was thudding, it was physical on the inside. And that's what I see Usyk being. Yeah, and being in tremendous condition, he's got a good chin. I mean, now granted, I mean he's taken some shots, but I've never really seen him hurt. Joshua has been hurt. He's been knocked down, and you figure. I mean, he he escaped the Klitschko fight. I get the feeling you know, that Joshua is in a position too, <laughs> where the last four or five years of his career have not been enjoyable for him. Like, I don't think no, he wants they to have, fight. Well, you go back, go back to that Let's Go fight. Yeah. Which was 2017. I mean, he was doing so well early. He had Klitschko down. I mean, he got hurt. And it was like, if Klitschko would have stepped on the gas in that 6th, 7th round, he may have taken Joshua out. And then Joshua recovered, and he knocked out in a 40-year-old Klitschko. Yeah. Um, he goes, he go to the Ruiz fight. And he has Ruiz down, and then he gets hit. And you could see, like, not only did... He didn't have confidence going into that fight because of the, you know, um, you know, the doubts on his chin, and and then and Ruiz brought it to fruition. So they played the rematch. Ruiz comes in out of shape, and and Joshua played it safe. He played like, you know, I I don't want to risk this again. Um, that, that Usyk fight, Usyk, you know, basically uh, took him behind the woodshed, gave him <laughs> whooping, and I have a feeling this time. It's going to stop him. I think it's going to, you know, get to him early. And as soon as Joshua gets hit that first time and he gets hurt, I think he, that doubt is going to creep in his mind again. When he fought Ruiz the second time, he played a very, very, uh, very safety-first, cautious fight, and he was the benefit of a guy that came in tremendously out of shape. Usyk's not going to come in tremendously out of shape. He's going to come in tremendous shape. And the only thing that is a wild card here is the fact that Usyk acted by the whole situation in Ukraine. Because remember, going back to Ukraine to also defend his homeland with the Klitschko brothers and with Lomachenko and all that, and they told him, no, you are best helping us by defending your title and, you know, basically making us proud. But at the same time, like, you've got to be thinking of the people in your home. Homeland. So is that going to, you know, keep him 
you know, a little bit out of focus. Uh, well, I, I think it's going to happen, Tony. He, he's got a point to prove. And, and let me ask you guys just who's the more technical fighter between the two of them? What do you think? Oh, definitely Lucy. I think Lucy. I mean, right, right. Okay, so, so what is the edit? If it's a, more of a, a puncher against a technician, the first time around, the puncher should have the edge. Joshua has an 84.62% knockout rate. Right, okay, so, so the point being... So he needs a knockout. time around in this case, the technician won, and I don't think Joshua has the toolbox to make the adjustments. I mean, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but that... I mean, that's why I see it, is just, it was just... Like Tony said, you know, he's, he's together mentally, and Joshua, you flash back on that Ruiz fight, and when he got knocked down, he didn't look like a fighter. Ruiz nope. did that first time. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, Josh was looking to his corner. Well, no. <laughs> didn't help you. So I, I just think I'm, I'm going with you guys. I think, and still, <laughs> would be my prediction. And still. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I'm looking now that's at. That starts at, at noon. Doesn't that start at uh, the, the card stop? at noon, is it? Oh, I believe time? it. Because it's over in uh, Saudi Arabia. <coughs> okay, a, but that would, so we've, so we've got a few fights before that, so it'll probably be what about there's a PFL fight in the afternoon. Uh, as well, yeah. same day, that's, we're going to go through that later, that's actually from the UK, so <laughs> it's going to be so many fights on wow. Saturday. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then, Darren, Darren Uncle Michael, yeah, wow. on top of that. what a day. Anthony I, I, Joshua, I by the way, started his career with 20 straight knockouts. A lot of people forget that. 20 straight knockouts or TKOs. Uh, and then he ran into, guess who? Joseph Parker. 24 yeah. now. And he won a wide, unanimous decision there. By uh, 10 points on one card. Eight points on the other two. That was his first unanimous decision. Joseph Parker back in 2018, and then Ovechkin. He went back to the knockout. And that was it. He's been all no. Well, one other knockout. Kubrat Pulev back in 2020. He's been going to decisions a lot since the TKO by Andy Ruiz. Ovechkin is the only one he's, I mean, Pulev is the only one he's knocked out since then. That was ninth, the ninth of 12 rounds. He was down in the third round and also twice in the ninth. And, uh, that was his tune-up fight for Usyk, and then he lost to Usyk when he was 18 now. Usyk looking for win number 20. I think he's going to get it, but, you know, with that kind of knockout rate, have to think that that's what he's going to be going for. Oh yeah, days, I mean, Usyk can't make a mistake, that's for sure. In his early days, he was getting oh, his knockouts early, too. The latest one he got in his that's first what makes it a good fight. bunch of fights was seventh round against Dylan White, who was 16-0 and at the time. I mean, White. And then uh, another one, Dominic Brazil, who was 17-0 in 2016, but he was getting them in the first four rounds. For the most part, almost right up until Klitschko, a couple fighters took a beat. 
Let's go to them real deep. <laughs> so he's got the puncher's chance, so to speak. But uh, yeah, that's just one of the blockbuster fights going on. There's a somebody's those got to go fight in the co-main event. Philippe Hergovic, 14-0, and Jilei Yang, Zhang, a heavyweight. Jilei is 24-0-1. So somebody's always got to go there. That's a double heavyweight matchup on the zone. And then we got... What do you think, Tony? What's your call on that one? Consulting well, somebody knows it's going to go, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> it's going to be a draw. It's going to be a draw. Um, yeah, no, I have to look I have to look into that one more in depth to give you a better. Let me let me do that. Someone's emailing me, asking me questions. Oh, they always ask me questions. Bergovic is ranked number 37 yeah, in the division. Zelay Zhang is ranked number 19, by the way. You know, but if you go back, um, now, Zhang's last fight, he looked good, but, um, I hate this, the box wreck, oh, I, I, I told you that. Hergovic has 12 knockouts, um, 14 wins, let's see the toughest fighter he's faced. <clears throat> Toughest fighter he's faced would probably have to be recently. 22-0, Marco Radonjic, who I've never really heard of. He uh, retired him in the third. I don't know how many knockouts, how many knockouts uh, Radonjic had. Also, uh, Rydell Booker was 26-3 when he fought him just before that in November of 2020. He TKO'd him in the fifth in Hollywood. Florida, I believe, at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. That was for the yeah, IBF International Heavyweight title. Okay, so let me take a look at this one here. You know, this, looking at the full card, I mean, you know, man, looking card, I mean, okay, we got Usyk and Josh to a main event. Um, now, I can't tell you much about her, but no, but I can't really tell you much I know about. Now, Zhang, I can tell you about. You know, and everybody looked good. One punch, knockout. But if you go back to that fight where it was a draw, the only real blemish on his record, um, you know, that fight was one more round. He gets knocked out. Yeah. So, his last funny uh, back in May, knocked out Scott Alexander, one round, one punch. Um, but this fight against Jerry... Forest, um, May of, um, which is February 2021. I mean, he had Forrest down in the first three rounds. And it was still a draw. What's that telling you? Yeah. In the last few rounds, he took a tremendous beating. And if it would have been one more round, Forrest would have knocked him out. So, Zhang, who's a, you know, a big guy, you know, two, he was 276 pounds his last fight. Um, he but, has not really fought many famous hunter. fighters, though. Um, 
No, he hasn't. And he's down for He's six foot six. He's a big guy. Andre um, Rudenko was probably the biggest, toughest guy he's faced. Uh, that was a unanimous decision win in 2019. It was 32 and 4. And yeah, Jerry Forrest was the best one after that. He's slowly going down and wins. <laughs> His last fighter had 16 wins. He KO'd him in the first. So, I don't know. Get back to TKOing people in the last couple of fights because they were sub 20 win fighters. Uh, after drawing with Jerry Forrest. Um, guy with the most experience he ever fought was probably Galen Brown here at uh, let's see, 44 and 35 with one draw back in 2016. And my high school city at the Marina Bay Sportsplex in Quincy. TKO'd him in the second round. Back when I lived there, they didn't have boxing. Marina Bay. <coughs> anyway, uh, Callum Smith, also on the card. He is 28-1 at light heavyweight, fighting Matthew Bowderleek, which I've never heard of. I don't know who he is, what he's all about, what's going on. Probably going to lose. <laughs> Somebody's one's got to go there. That's the top three fights on the zone card. I don't have the entire lineup next to me or in front of me because I picked the three star and above option on box rec. So it only gives me the good fights. So that's one thing I do like. I just wish they would tell me the fucking knockouts without having to click on the people. Uh, anyway, ESPN Plus, we've got a main event on Saturday of Emmanuel Navarrete. 35 and 1 against Eduardo Baez, who is 21, 2 and 2. That one's for the WBO World Featherweight title. Navarrete is ranked number 4 in the division. Baez, number 20. And then we've got double somebody's those got to goes. Welterweight and super lightweight. Uh, Giovanni Santalan, looking for win number 30. 29 or no. Fighting Julio Luna Avila, who is 19-0-2 at welterweight. So that should be a good one. Santillan ranked number 23, and Avila ranked number 48. He's got uh, 10 more wins. Santillan and Avila. And then we've got Landolfo Delgado. He is ranked number 132 in the division. Even though he's 15 and 0. Fighting Omar Alejandro Aguilar, who was 24 and 0 and ranked number 44 in the division. So, that should be a good card there. And if that's not enough fighting on Saturday for you, we have. <coughs> and don't forget on that fight, we have uh, Nico Ali Walsh, uh, Ali's grandson. Oh, wow, there we go. That's why we have the boxing ring man. Oh, I just, so I just got that one on box. I, I remember they were talking about him last week. You know, I mean, he, he's a decent young fighter. Um, but that's got to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's got to be a lot of pressure. Um, 
you know, it's, I mean, that may be the most famous name in boxing history. Yeah. Um, that'd be like, hey, I'm Babe Ruth's grandson, so, <coughs> you know, lining up, you know, for my major league debut. <laughs> you know, you know every time it's done. Yeah. And so, you know, that, that's just, uh, a, a shiny, bright spotlight you got to be under. Right. Uh, Showtime fights. We've got three title fights in a row. Uh, main event: Roger Gutierrez, 26-3-1, against Hector Luis Garcia, who's 15-0 for the WBA World Super Featherweight title. So, how can a guy 15-0 that's super lightweight be ranked number 132? <laughs> Who's 15-0 at Super Featherweight be ranked number 7? I don't know how this shit works. That's crazy. You know what? It's funny you ask something like that. Because um, I was one day reading about a guy who had to quit because it was so much stress. Uh, how the guy that he was doing um, rankings. And I... I forget where I got the article from. I forget it. Dean or maybe Scully sent it to me. Who sent it to me? Um, but this guy, you know, he was doing he was like doing like independent rankings. Every fight manager in the world basically was sending him tapes tapes of their fighters. Hmm. So it was like it all day and all night was watch fights, and it got to the point. It was like it, it ended up, you know. Just almost driving him to um so it's like now looking at the point you just mentioned you got you know Roger Gutierrez he's 26 and it says you know the bank not available uh, but then you have at the main event you have Omar Figueroa Jr. and Sergey Lipinets the Lipinets is coming off that you know destructive loss to Boo Dennis um Figueroa is coming two losses but it both says not available for them. Well, you know, you know that that's got to be a typo because you know these guys have been around. These guys are fighting the main event in a twelve-round fight. So, box um, record is, you know, maybe lacking a little bit here. Right. Yeah. Um, One hundred and thirty-two <laughs> guys ranked. Fifteen. I mean, obviously, there must be something to do with quality of opposition involved if it's done professionally, but, you know, sometimes it just shows itself for what it is. Uh, 15-0, Landolfo Delgado, okay, on the ESPN card. He is ranked number 132. Hector Luis Garcia is in the main event on the Showtime card. He's also the same record, 15-0. He's ranked number 7 <laughs> in his division. We're talking about not much difference in weight either. Super featherweight and super lightweight. Uh, so, yeah, that's crazy. Crazy difference. But anyway, uh, we've got another good main uh, co-main event there. I, guess, I don't know if it's co-main event or just another three-star fight, so I shouldn't say that. But we got another title on the line. WBA World Super Lightweight title vacant uh, is going to go to either Albert Puello, who is 20-0, or Botirzon Akhmedov, who's just 9-1 at Super Lightweight. 
his ranking is not available. Roger Gutierrez, not available. Uh, Omar Figueroa Jr. also on the card. He is 28-2-1, fighting Sergey Lipnets, who is 16-2-1 for the WBC Silver Super Lightweight title. And and both of those guys is, uh, have not available rankings. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, and this is somebody's got to get back on the winning streak because. Yeah. You know, looking at the, the draw and a and a loss in his last two fights, and Figueroa's two losses in his last two fights. Yeah, so this is somebody who's got to go of their last few fights. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Lee also on the fight off. card, twenty-five and O, and he's fighting Will Madera, who is seventeen one and three. Figure, I mean, Omar Figueroa was on the street. He was 28-0. And then, you know, you get a decision lost. You get a Zudas, where he lost almost every round. Uh, and then um, then he got stopped by Abel Ramos. Uh, stopped in his corner after six, and he had lost every round of that fight. And I remember watching that one. And I remember after that fight was over, I mean, even the referee, even the announcers were like, out stopping because he was going to take a lot of punishment. And then you have Lipinet there, um, had that, you know, um, you know, lost to Dennis in six rounds where he was down twice and taking a, a pretty good beating. And then he had a, um, a and Castillo Clayton, and Clayton was 18-0, who Dennis turned around and knocked him out in one round, or two rounds. So, so not, a, not a tremendous world beater there. And... You know, looking at struggle in that fight, and two guys, the the back nine, as they said, um, trying to you know put the other one to the to the clubhouse and resurrect themselves for you know one or two more rounds. Right. I'm just looking for the. Uh BKFC, that's also in London. BKFC 27, so Michael Venom Page is going to be in his home country fighting Mike Perry. Um, They're only giving us last names here on the uh, Bare Knuckle TV page. Yeah, Tierney versus Elmore, Carroll versus Shoemaker, Lily versus Goodjohn. I've actually heard of Shoemaker from the very first one. That's probably the biggest names. We'll find Page and Perry. <coughs> How about this one? Hick versus Shepard. <laughs> it's the Hick versus the Shepherd. There's your Jesus fight of the week. <laughs> Shepherd instead of the Jesus. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Professional Fighters League. That's also going on in London. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um. 
with all the time differences and everything, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be just straight fights. 6 a.m. you're going to wake up, you're going to be fights on. 6 a.m. the next day, if you stay up that late, you're still going to be fights on. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be watching fights that you recorded because they were on the same time as the other fights. Kayla Harrison in the main event in this one. 22-22 um, payoff playoffs. She has been storming through the ranks again. She's going to fight uh, Martina Gendrova, who's 6-2. Kayla is 14-0. She should be doing fine there. And then Chris Wade, 22-7 at featherweight, fighting Brendan Lofname, who's 23-4. I wonder if she's related to Ferdy, but probably not. Larissa Pacheco, she is 17 and 4 at lightweight, fighting Helena Kolesnik, who is 7 and 4. And I got featherweights Ryoji Kudo, who is 11, 3 and 1, fighting Bubba Jenkins, who's 18 and 5. Uh, Dakota Ditcheva, who is 5 and 0 oh at flyweight, fighting Hasna Gaber, who's 4 and 1. We got light heavyweight Simeon Powell, 6-0, and Nemanja Uverick, who's 11-5. We got Marcin Held, 27-9, and lightweight, fighting Miles Price, who's 11-9. And, and uh, Louis, Louis Sutherland at heavyweight is 4-0, fighting Abraham Babley, or Babley, I don't know if that's that, uh, 1-0. You get Teo Odunjo, 4 and 1 at welterweight, fighting Magnus Onika Iverson, who's 2 and 0. Ali Taleb at bantamweight, fighting Kenji Bordaluzzi, who's 11 and 4. Ali is 7 and 0. Zabenzui Ruiz, 10 and 3 at featherweight, fighting Rafael Uchegbu, who's 6 and 0. And then we got Stuart Austin, 15 and 8 at heavyweight, fighting Sofiane Bukichu, 9 and 4. And first fight of the night is Omar Hussein Abu Farah, who is 9 and 3, fighting Alexander's Chizov, who is 9 and 1. A lot of heavyweights in this whole tournament thing. <coughs> Playoffs continue, and uh, that's about it. Big boxing lineups. What happened last week in boxing? We have not talked about that. What did I miss? Cause well, I, I mean, any of it. well, we had the one, the one um, card on night, and you know, one of those cards I was like, I had to pop a five-hour energy drink at uh, the clock to make sure I'm staying awake for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the thing is, I was like, I used to be such a, like a night owl, night owl. But now it's like I'm so conditioned up early, like even when um. Like my days off. Like I'll wake up early, and then I'll go to I'll go to the gym or I'll work out. I don't mind. If I don't get a nap during the day, I'm screwed at nighttime. I'm like by eleven o'clock, it's like you know I'm I'm, I'm all but out. See if I can find a date on here. Hit the three star yeah. on the results. Uh, let's see what we get. Submit. Submit. Submit that shit. 
Teofimo Lopez. Oh yeah, Pedro a, uh, Campa. I did watch a little bit of that. Yeah, actually. it was the Virgilor Teeth one. I definitely I had I definitely had to stay up to watch that one. I watched that a little bit. Um <clears throat> and that was just uh, a matter of um, feeling each other out early and then Teofimo Lopez just took control. Uh, and he was flashy yeah. about it. He was um, right in uh, campus face and just drawing shots taunting him and, uh, Campo was not going to win that fight whether it went the other three rounds or not but um, one of the announcers there was going off on the referee for stopping the fight early and Campo really didn't even protest that bad um, not, I mean he might have not been that badly hurt but I mean, styles make fights, like they say, and styles was making that fight impossible for Campa to win at that point. So, and it's one of those things, like the one, the one with Herb Dean a few weeks ago. The guy was murdering the other dudes, <laughs> and and uh, you know, yeah, sure, the guy got right up after being knocked down, but I mean. He wasn't throwing punches back, and it wasn't going to be long till he was back in the same position. And same could be said for Campa. I don't have a problem with that stoppage at all. And Tiafimo uh, Lopez uh, looked pretty decent. Got the job done. Uh, not not his best early on, but uh, definitely made the right adjustments and uh, weathered the early shots and figured out that Campa couldn't hurt him downhill from there. Also on the same card we had Andres Cortez staying undefeated over Abraham Montoya. Cortez 17-0, Montoya 20-3 with one draw. And it's telling me the only other three-star fight last Saturday was Fazlidin Gabnazarov, who was 9-1. And he fought Jider Para, who was 33-3-1, and, and we don't even know what happened. It's just a question mark. <laughs> I don't even know where it is, because these idiots don't put the country when it's foreign. And they don't even put the country when it's the United States, except for the flag. So this was in Humo Arena, Tashkent. Where the fuck is that? flag you can tell if it's in the United States usually. Las Vegas. Yeah, that's the United States. But, uh, I don't know where that was. It's just a question mark. <laughs> One week later, they don't know what happened. Uh, box rack. It's going downhill. Bad. It's bad. If we, uh, we do the little two-star thing. Star results. We'll be here for days. Uh, we're going back to Friday. <coughs> Alright, Saturday. What else do we have? Uh, we had Ihor Shevadzutsky staying undefeated against Kevin Johnson. 9 0 against 35 and 19. With one draw. Hamburg, Germany. Uh, that's a heavyweight fight. And we had 
had uh, Wesley Ferrer and Orlando prove to 17-1-1 one one against Jason Velez, who falls to 30 wins, 9 losses, and 1 draw. That was on the same card. And, nope, different card. It has the Lopez fight. Also on the Lopez card, though, we had an 8-rounder, Enrique Vivas, proving to 22-2, and two, with a split decision win over Edie Valencia Mercado, falls to 19-8-6. And, and this one they showed on, on that card, same card, Xander Zayas, who is 13-0, fighting Elias Espadas, who was 22-4. WBO, NABO, Super Welterweight. Yeah, Xander's title. a pretty good prospect. Yeah, he looked really good. He got I mean, the TKO on the fifth. Yeah, he did. He really did. And, I mean, you know, you figure he's 13-0 now, and he's been moving up. He's been, you know, this is a, um, fight it was scheduled for eight rounds, but, he, you know, he took the spot out of town in five. And, you know, we're talking about a relatively young kid here. He's 19 years old. And he's already got 14 pro fights, 10 knockouts. Um, you know, one of the one of the guys to beat was the Dan Carpenti. He stopped him in four rounds back in uh, about a year ago in 2021. Um, but like, he hasn't fought any great great fighters yet. Um, but look, look guys, he fought. You have a guy eight, one and one, six and one, eleven and three, eleven one. These are guys that you know, he's been beating. And yeah. I mean, the one with the one, he won every round on every card. Yeah, I was um, kind of pissed so, when I so found out that uh, his first name wasn't spelled with a Z; it was an X. I was pissed because I was like, "Oh man, he could have had the perfect nickname for a boxer. Instead of ZZ Top, he could have been ZZ Box and X XZ Box doesn't quite work." <laughs> I saw, I saw when they kept showing his last name, Zias, and they kept calling him Xander. I was like, oh, man, he should be called ZZ Box. That should be his nickname. And nope, it's X. Like, Zions. We don't like Z sounds with X's, do we? <laughs> uh, I wonder if he drinks Zenergy. Xander drinks Zenergy. There you go. The Zions people got out of MMA, but uh, I don't think they would stay away from boxing if they could get a guy like that on their roster. Sponsorship. <laughs> Xander drinks Zions. Zenergy drink. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I'll make peace with the new people over there, and I'll say, hey, I got a guy for you guys. All right, so I guess that's it. I don't have any other big stories except, um, I don't know if it's a rumor or just something I saw in passing, but I did notice there have been some reports that people have seen Mike Tyson in a wheelchair. Don't know the backstory on it. What? Yeah. I have not done any... Yeah, I don't know the backstory either. ...investigative I mean, reporting. I mean, you, cause you I mean, if you look at it, he actually... That's Played with Rich Whitney less than two years ago, and Mike Tyson was not that bad. Um, and then, but you never know. Well, I mean, you could have a degenerative in your back. But then again, I the broke time, my back. You know, <laughs> something clear up. Well, I had, I had something. Yeah, I broke my back. Mike Tyson broke his back in that fight. Remember? Yeah. Um, I had 
get back into the flare up on me a few weeks ago at a Phillies game. And when it was over, I was walking out of there and I was like, man, you're really struggling. I'm like, yeah, my back is really hurting from an old 1995 boxing injury and it flared up. And then it was feeling better. I started running again 10 days later that weekend. It flared up again in another game. And then I started doing some stretching. So if I lay flat on my back and I take my left leg and I stretch it over my right leg and try to touch the ground, I can. If I do the same thing and try to take my right leg and stretch it over my left leg and touch the ground, I can't. It, it feels like like a knife is going like right in my lower back. So I've been trying to do where I can pull my knees to my chest on both and then one at a time. I'm doing some of the DDP moves that I got from his yoga, all different things. And then and the other day I was out for a morning jog and what I'm doing now is getting ready for the Rocky run in November around this time is when I start my running so my running on the street program not my treadmill program my running on the street program I'll start at like half mile you know I'm not a runner and I'll do like half mile and I'll go down and then I'll then I'll walk and I'll walk up the hill and then the, the last half mile home I run telephone poles so I'll do one telephone pole walk one run one walk one then I'll run two walk one and when I was out running on Tuesday it looked like I was a 90 year old man and I felt like <laughs> it so I went home and I moved a few things around in my basement and I broke out the old inversion table that I had and I hadn't used it in a while and I used to have it on where it wasn't straight up and down like a, um, a 12-6 yep. because I'd never liked that I'd have it more like down to like the four or five o'clock number. But unfortunately, somebody was on it one time and they put it where it straight up and down. And I don't know how to fix it back. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just doing the straight up and down. And I got in that. And then after about one minute, I heard a pop that sounded like a shotgun blast went off. <laughs> I got off that thing. I felt like two inches taller. <laughs> and I don't feel 100%, but I feel a hell of a lot better. I mean, using it every day for the last few days feel nice. a hell of a lot better so I mean could Mike have like that with putting them in a wheelchair yeah. absolutely I, I went to the source two weeks ago I felt like I, I did my research and the first article that popped up was from the Hindustan Times <laughs> it must be an Indian paper well you know obviously but it says that uh, this was at the Miami airport that he was seen in a wheelchair. It was not the traditional type wheelchair. It was one of them airport wheelchair things. And he's being pushed around by an airport staffer. You know what? And he has a walking stick. And you know what? And it says sciatica is the reason. And it's not A wheelchair serious. can be somewhat... Yeah, yeah. And, and, and airports can be somewhat bullshit, too. Because my parents went on a vacation a few months ago. And to get through customs faster, when they went to Jamaica, <laughs> they signed my dad up saying, he, like, my dad has bad knees, or yeah. he's going to need a knee replacement, but they said something, whatever, and they got my dad a wheelchair. Because they didn't have to, you know, stand in the long line through customs, they got wheeled up to a priority. So, yeah. is there a playing in the game? Yeah, it might be playing in the game. But before we go, we have one question where I need your guys' opinion. Um, we don't need a definite answer, because I still got some tosses to... I got about six weeks to do this over. Um, I got a wedding to go into on October 1st, Rich's birthday. <laughs> Rich, I'm celebrating your birthday. Good wedding. Nice. So, my cousin doesn't want me to, you know, do anything out of control. So, of course, I'm going to. I asked her, very interesting, 
theme colors of your wedding. She told me the exact shade of green, which I didn't need to know, and gold, which I did need to know. Okay, I'll wear my sequin gold tuxedo jacket. Well, I don't want you to do that. <laughs> and the wedding, no, then I'm going to wear it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear my sequin gold tuxedo jacket, black slacks, black fedora, and metallic gold high tops. <laughs> All very classy. Now, here is the question. For the sh- shirt-tie combo, do I go with a white shirt and black sequin tie with the gold jacket, black slacks, and gold shoes? Or do I go with a black shirt, gold sequin tie with the gold jacket? I got to make sure the tie is somewhat matched, though. You know, the shades of gold. Right. Um, but I'm thinking, like, what would look better? The white shirt, the black sequin tie, and the gold jacket? Or the black shirt, gold tie, and gold jacket? What do you yeah, got? I like, the t- I like the two gold and the black shirt. Yeah. Okay, I like, just I don't like that too. I'm on... I'm on I'm on Etsy and Dazzle right now looking at them. <laughs> That's what I was doing when you guys called in. That's why, like I said, I got about six weeks. Uh, I don't have to rush and get something chinty and cheap. You know, like I looked at this one and said, hey, golden glitter necktie. I'm like, hey, this looks great. Then it's, just a, it's a pattern. It's not an actual sequence. I said, well, that ain't going to work. You know, the tornado's a classy guy here. But, you know, you know me. No matter what I do, it'll be something ridiculous. No. No. Alright, well, till next week, I suppose that's all we have. I'm just casually looking through right. my Google alerts. See if yeah, okay. we got a long, long game Saturday. Yeah. Let's get a good night's sleep Friday night. We're going to need it. Yeah, <laughs> Get your DVR ready. <laughs> All right, guys. Freak's sake. All right. Have a great weekend. Let's enjoy, enjoy, uh, enjoy them. We yeah, will. Yeah, I won't steal Tom's line, but enjoy the flights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, cheap dates this weekend. <laughs> Another Tom line. All right. Till next week. Thanks for stopping by. Adios. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.